Hello and welcome to UC Today. I'm Tom Wright and I'm delighted to be joined by Sean from Smash today. How's it going, Sean? Hi, Tom. Uh, going well, going well. And yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, it's great to have you. We've got a really interesting um, discussion today. We're going to be talking about generative AI, which uh, I think it's fair to say has captured everyone's imagination this year, particularly ChatGPT. And we've got Microsoft Copilot coming down the line as well. So to kick us off, I wonder if you could just uh, explain why this is so talked about at the moment. Well, I'll go back to when I actually first started playing with ChatGPT, it really opened my eyes. I've been in technology for many, many years, actually since the age of 10, so lots of years. And you know, we've all talked about AI over the years, over the last couple of decades. And it's it's usually been in the in the sense of it's coming, it's in the future. It's something that, you know, we can't wait to see how it's going to look like, you know, things like the Terminator, that's the imagination running wild. And, you know, we all knew it was coming. Things like machine learning have been around for a long time, but true AI was not really there. And then ChatGPT came in and you start playing with that and you start realizing we've made some serious strides forward. And when you start using a tool like ChatGPT, which Number one is impressive in its output, but also it's just so accessible. And I think that's the primary reason why it's created so much uh, buzz is because it's not just me who, who loves tech and who loves these new tools. It's, it's my father who's playing with it, who has no idea how his phone works really. And, and that's the thing. It's just so accessible for so many age groups, for so many skill levels. And it's, it's absolutely changed the game. And, it, it's getting to the point of being true AI, which is amazing. I, I think it's, in, in my mind, it's five, seven years ahead of where I thought we were. Yeah, and as you said, it, it's early days, but I wonder if you've got any kind of examples or any particular use cases that you personally have found it really useful so far. So many. Uh, <laughs> so a, a big use case for me, it saves me so much time. And this is before Copilot was introduced. I'll take emails that come in through my Gmail. I'll paste an email into ChatGPT and I'll say, uh, draft a response for me. And inevitably, it's going to draft a great response. And you can make it even better by, by giving it some prompts just to let it know what your writing style is like, giving it some examples of how you write, that sort of thing. Um, so you have this back and forth conversation with ChatGPT, and then you start pasting in emails and you allow it to then respond it saves so much time that that's just one use case and you know you think about it if, if you're doing this from a work perspective being able to draft those emails and be able to at least get something up and running very quickly without you having to think it through it's fantastic but that's what copilot's bringing in in an automated way without all the hassle of training it up or anything like that and that is just going to be incredible i'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit later but that's just one simple use case uh, never mind you know creating little stories uh, i do a lot of social media content and using that to help me out with with content generation it's fantastic yeah, so let's um let's broaden this out a little bit then you're speaking to organizations all the time particularly organizations in regulated markets what kind of benefits are you seeing them find from generative ai what i just mentioned absolutely they'll be able to streamline their, their work process. So if I, if I take this, obviously I do this from a personal perspective, but if I was going to use this in anger in my work capacity, it would take away so much of the mundane, the repetitive tasks that I do every day. And that's what's going to be coming to these large organizations, but it comes with some challenges as well, right? 
There is the data privacy uh, aspect that we've got to be concerned with. There's the regulatory aspect that we've got, got to be concerned with, uh, concerned about. And it, it's definitely going to it's definitely going to bring a lot of benefits. But we we and also these organisations that I work with are being a little cautious, and rightfully so. Any new technology comes along. You've got to understand it 100%. You've got to you've got to know what it's doing, where the data is being stored, uh, how it's doing what it's doing, and you know where's your data going to end up, right? Uh, what control do you have? And as much as there are just an, a number of benefits from that content generation, from coding capabilities, from being able to you know automate your tasks that you're doing day to day, put together task lists and things like that. You've got to also consider what comes after that or, you know, what's happening with that data. And that's been prime concern, I think, with ChatGPT. We all know there have been a few, uh, a few press articles out there about some of the problems that people have faced with ChatGPT where some proprietary code has got out into the public because that data that you're putting into ChatGPT, you've effectively agreed to allow that data to be used for ChatGPT to train its models on, which means that data could effectively come out again as well. And if you consider doing that with client data, you are breaching GDPR, uh, you're causing some major problems, potential reputational risk and potential massive fines. So that, that's the biggest challenge that I see people facing with this. But it's always, it's always like that with financial services and other regulated industries is that balance between, you know, usability, uh, benefits, and then also, you know, what are the compliance risks? What are the, what are the, the privacy, dead privacy risks? Yeah, I mean, there are some, some really big points um, in that answer you just gave. And I think we should, we should dig into some of them a little bit more. But just broadly, we've touched on some of the benefits. And I think there's going to be other benefits coming down the line that we probably can't even imagine yet. But in these sort of early days, what are some of the biggest concerns that you'll see in organizations have? And what should they be concerned about? Number one, number one conversation that I have is around data privacy. Now, some companies like uh, Azure, Microsoft, Azure are trying to create uh, AI as a service using things like the ChatGPT or the GPT model, GPT-4, GPT-3.5, trying to use that model in a private capacity. Uh, they haven't yet convinced companies of how that will actually work and truly where that data is being stored and where it's being processed. So people are still a little bit tentative about that. But that data privacy concern is, is very real. All we need is, is one breach. You know, we, we've all seen in the press about people jailbreaking ChatGPT and being able to get in behind the scenes and get it to do things maybe it shouldn't be doing. What if you're able to jailbreak it and get to a point of asking for certain users information that they've been inputting into the platform? Those are the sort of concerns that, that companies have. From the regulatory side, uh, well, not, not just regulatory, I think just from a, from a general perspective, you have concerns around ethical AI. You know, how is, how is this AI actually being trained from, a, from an ethical standpoint? You know, what sort of transparency do we have around these AI components? Um, what level of accountability is there? If we're generating content and that content happens to have information in there that you know, we're just saying, well, it must be accurate, right? Because it came from this fancy model, this uh, amazing new service. So we put it out there either into the public or we respond in an email with some of this information. What accountability is there if that data is not actually correct? 
you know. So there's that concern around that. Uh, from the other side, uh, beyond ethical AI, is is the bias, right? So AI bias is is a real concern. How is that information being trained? The, the information is being trained. The, the the models are being trained based on articles that are out there. Now, you know, I might have a blog and I might have certain viewpoints, and if it's trained on those viewpoints, then the AI model is going to reflect those viewpoints. Um, I don't have any <laughs> right or left leaning um, sort of information out there, but there is a lot of that out there. And if that is what's training these AR models and that's what's coming through in some of the content that's been generated, that could be a real concern as well. So those are two big ones, the ethical AI aspect and also the bias in AI. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But the data privacy is first and foremost. That's number one on people's list, right? We want to know where that data is. How is how are these models actually working? Where is our data being processed, and where we're we going to store that data? Yeah, and I think it would be interesting to apply some of these points to where Smart specialises, which is working with enterprises in highly regulated industries. So it'd be good if you could talk us through um, what you expect the impact of generative AI to be on these organisations, both the positive and potentially the negative, if um, they don't implement it the right way. Absolutely. So we'll talk about it from a data perspective. Obviously, Smash, we've been working with machine learning models for a very long time to help optimize the way that people do supervision and surveillance from a compliance perspective. Now, we also are a cloud-first product. Uh, we, have, we use public cloud systems to allow us to scale near infinitely. And for, from that perspective, if, if let, let's say a company, company A, Bank A is going to incorporate something like Copilot. They're going to switch on Copilot today and they're going to start using this and they see all the benefits. They're able to create presentations automatically, summarize meetings automatically, uh, you know, create draft responses to emails automatically. All these things that are going to be such time savers. But straight away we can see this is generating content, right? Now, regulated industry, especially financial services, have a responsibility to capture all this information, especially if you're doing it from a regulated individual's perspective. So if we now need to capture all this content, you effectively are employing another employee for each employee that is going to be using this. And that is generating data based on this new employee that you have. And that data needs to be stored. Now, if your systems cannot accommodate this surge of data because we know data is growing every day anyway but this just takes it to a whole nother level you need to make sure your platform is able to scale like a platform like smash right I mean, we we are cloud-based because we saw things like this coming we might not have seen chat gpt in 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 the in the front in the front of us but we definitely knew that data is growing but you need to make sure that you can account for this data, that you can store this data, but then more importantly, that downstream, you can actually manage this data. If you need to, from a compliance perspective, monitor what sort of information is going out there, whether it is being generated by uh, AI or partially generated by AI, you need to be able to still monitor for this information and where it's going. Identify if it has been written by AI, that's gonna be important in the future, I think. Uh, number two, you're going to be having to monitor for all the things you're monitoring for today, treating customers fairly, anti-money laundering, uh, LIBOR scandal, right? I mean, that's out the window now. But the new LIBOR scandal, what, what, the, what the new things that are coming down the line are, and be able to monitor for those things 
in a way that is still speedy uh, and efficient is going to be hugely important. And, and that's where we focus on, right? Whether you are a smaller firm generating you know, gigabytes of information per day or a larger firm generating petabytes of information every week, we are there to accommodate that. And that's all, that's all the advice I can give, whether, whether you come to Smash for advice, whether you come to Smash to look at our incredible platform. Whatever you do, make sure that whatever platform you are on, whatever platform you're deciding to use, that that platform is able to scale with you. And whatever, you, whatever amount of data you think is going to be generated, multiply that by 10, right? Because we have no idea. Like you say, we don't know what the future, what, what the future is. I, I, didn't see what, I didn't see something like ChatGPT coming down the line. So what's the next thing? What, what's going to happen in the next six months? What's going to happen in the next year? Make sure that whatever platform you're using to archive your communications information can scale along with whatever changes might be coming in the future. Yeah, so there, there really is a lot to think about. And we spoke a lot about regulation, but I don't think you can do that without talking about the regulators themselves. So what are you hearing coming from the regulators about this technology? I've got to be honest, I have been hugely impressed with the response that the regulators have had to things like ChatGPT coming along and suddenly just creating this whole new world around AI. They were already assessing AI as something to be concerned about, something that their um, their clients, i.e. the banks, are interested in. Um, towards the back end of last year, they started a, a process where they were, were looking for feedback from the banks around what they should be, what their concerns are around AI, that sort of thing. And there was a document that was released a couple months back now, actually stipulating, you know, the results of that survey that they put out there and giving some guidance around what are the implications around current regulations. So I would recommend going and having a look at that. The FCA have it on their website and the UK government actually have it on, on their website as well. But the results are interesting. Effectively, it comes down to your responsibility doesn't change. You still have a responsibility to, number one, capture all the communications and all this data. You have a responsibility to make sure that you're treating customers fairly. And you have a responsibility to assess these products. Any products you're going to take on board and start using within your firm, make sure you understand what it's doing. Make sure you understand where that data is being stored. You know, if the data's been stored in the US, you've got a bit of a problem, really, from a data privacy perspective, right? Same thing if it's been stored in China or if the data happens to be accessible outside of the UK or outside of the EU. You need to know all these things. And, and that's effectively what the guidance is that is coming along from the regulators. I don't see any new regulation necessarily coming in from, directly from the perspective of financial services institutions, but there will be things like the AI Act which is an EU directive that's coming through, and we should see that coming out very soon, hopefully. Uh, you can read all about that on um, online. Just do a search on AI Act. It's quite interesting. It's more about um, AI risk and being able to kind of set levels as to what type of risk a certain AI might introduce. Like if it has facial recognition, there's a certain privacy risk there, right? If it's something that's gonna help you, you know, optimize what tickets are being suggested to you for the next concert, you know, that's a lower risk. So the AI Act is looking to do that, and obviously it goes far more in depth than that. So just keep an eye open for all these things. But from the regulator's perspective, from the FCA, they really are on top of it. And I think we're going to see more guidance coming from them over the years. There's, there's lots of great uh, articles from them on the topic, and there have been for the last six months or so. 
So just keep an eye on that. But I'm keeping keep a close eye. And if we talk again in the future, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'll have a different answer. But for now, just keep doing what we've been doing and just keep abreast of the changes that are coming. Great. So I've just got a couple more questions for you, Sean. I think um, it would be nice to wrap up everything we've been talking about. And I wonder if an organization came to you and said, we really want to use generative AI in an effective and secure and compliant way. What would be your advice to them to, to get the ball going? I'll, I'll say it again, you know, understand what, number one, understand what you're trying to do. What do you want to get from it, right? Understand what is available out there from an AI perspective, right? We all know about generative AI, but generative AI, it could mean a lot more than just creating an article, responding to emails. It does a whole lot more image generation, even, even voice generation, right? You could be using these tools for answering phone calls from a customer services perspective. We're going to see so many changes around that. Now, once you understand what the tool is, what tools you would like to embrace, how it's going to optimize processes for you in your company, that's when you start looking at companies like ourselves that are future looking. Uh, we are there to help you maintain your governance around your information and make sure that you are speaking to somebody that knows what they're talking about in terms of the, the data that's been generated and the responsibilities around that data. And again, it, it's, it's something I've said already, but it is that important. Make sure that whatever product, whatever product you're gonna be using for a compliance purpose, like what we're talking about from a Smash perspective with our archiving and supervision and surveillance tools, make sure that it's able to scale with your data. Make sure it's able to scale not only with what you're currently doing today, but also what's with, with what's coming in the future around AI and whatever other tool comes out in the future that you're going to embrace and use because it's not it's not just about optimizing your workflow at work and helping your employees be more productive it's also about downstream helping your compliance teams keep on top of their responsibilities as well because compliance teams their budgets aren't growing infinitely they aren't getting new employees every time there's a new tool that's out there they're having to a lot of the time do more with less right so make sure that you have a tool that helps you do that more without having to spend too much more without having to implement too much more without having to put on uh, put bring in place more employees so that, that's kind of the the approach that i take and of course 100 percent have a chat with us at smash we we're doing this every day we're looking into this we're we, we've got some amazing things coming down the line on the AI piece as well from our tools perspective, but we already are talking to clients and helping clients that are going with an AI first mentality to actually embrace these new tools in a compliant manner. And you've actually led me quite nicely into my final question, which is a little bit unfair given we both said who knows where this could go. Um, but if you get the crystal ball out, maybe even ask ChatGPT, what do you think is coming down the line for this technology over the next few months? Well, we've we've talked briefly about Copilot, right? That's not out yet. Nobody's nobody's using it unless you're in a beta somewhere. But that's coming out, and that is going to be a, such a game changer. Uh, many people know roughly what it is. They've seen the presentation that Sachin Nadella gave um, from Microsoft, uh, CEO. Uh, the presentation showing just how amazing this tool is. But I've had a taste of some of the functionality that it provides, and it is going to be such a game changer. 
It's going to free up a lot of time. It's going to automate a lot. Consider this. You go to a meeting, you and I, let's say we're having this meeting here. And when we hang up the phone, automatically in my calendar, I have a meeting set up to follow up because we happen to mention that we need to talk about this again. I automatically have a meeting follow up in my calendar for next week at a time that works for both of us because you know, Copilot decided it, it could check both of our calendars and, and found a good time. It summarized what we talked about during this meeting. It created action items. It then also listed out what we agreed on and what we disagreed on and what, what things we need to still come up with that's going to solve some of the issues we discussed. It's going to automatically do all that. And that, that's a time saver. That, that's, that's an hour or two work that has been taken away from you that you don't even have to think about. And when I get on the next meeting, it's going to give me a summary of what this meeting's about. That sort of thing is fantastic. And, and that's, that's, that's around the corner. That's coming very soon. But I think beyond that, beyond these tools like Copilot and also Google has Duet AI, which is the same concept, uh, we, we, I'm already using tools like Zapier, which allows workflow automation. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, we're already, people and tools already provide a lot of open APIs that allow you to do some very cool things. Being able to connect up you know, your Gmail with, um, you know, Ticket Hub, we were talking about tickets earlier, uh, being able to connect all that up and uh, then connect it up to your bank maybe and automate an entire process there. You don't even have to go and stand in line, you know, in a virtual line waiting for a ticket to come on sale. It's going to do it all automatically for you, right? That sort of thing, I think, is where we're going with this. Some of the more clever and impressive stuff, we're going to see, we're already seeing image generation, but we're going to see a lot more video generation, right? Um, it's a bit of a worry for me because if we consider some of the meetings we have, how, how many times are we going to have, you know, maybe, maybe I'm a bit busy today, so I don't, I don't have time to jump on a video call with you. I'll just let my avatar come on there. You won't have a clue that it is my avatar because my voice will be generated by AI and my visual will be generated by AI. And you'll be having a conversation with an AI bot that's going to take notes for me and tell me after the meeting what it was all about. That's scary stuff, but it's coming. It's already possible today. It's not entirely accessible to, to everybody, but it's possible. Um, that's where I think it's going. That's some of the scary stuff. Um, but yeah, I think this automation, uh, tools like Copilot and Duet AI, that's just going to be a complete game changer. By the end of this year, um, there'll be a lot of front runners that will be using it and we'll start hearing a lot more about it by end of next year i think it'll be just commonplace like when once email wasn't very common people didn't really know how to use it but now everybody knows what email is everyone everyone knows how to use it i think copilot's going to be adopted a lot quicker than that and we're going to be using these tools this sort of automation in our everyday life whether it's corporate world personal life I think we're going to be using that day-to-day -day by the end of next year very easily. Yeah, as you said, I think it's both scary and exciting. And I dare say if we have this conversation in another three months, things will have moved on a, a huge amount. <laughs> but in the meantime, Sean, it's been great talking to you. I hope we can have this conversation again and see how things develop. It's um, exciting but also scary, and um, organizations have to make sure they do it in a secure way. So I think speaking to you again in the future would be fantastic. But thanks for your time today. My pleasure. It's been great talking. Thanks, Tom. Thank you everyone for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please give us a like and a share on social media and we'll see you next time.